The time is at hand. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order. One of the many spirits said to haunt the area. Unknown animal attack. We need a great reset. Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen. From the Mountain State, West Virginia, this is In Dark Places. My name is Junebug Fugit. Are you Salazar? Any chance? I've got this YouTube channel that I signed up for years ago called JBug1975. And I don't have any videos there or anything. No subscribers. It's just a channel that I did so I could leave corny comments on other people's videos and stuff. But one time there, like five years ago, I did upload a video of a scene from Metallica's Some Kind of Monster documentary to kind of set the scene. Metallica was recording their Saint Anger album and Lars Ulrich invited his dad Torben Ulrich to the studio to listen to one of the songs that they had been working on and Lars was all proud of it and everything but at the end of it his dad was pretty much saying it was crap and he said delete that and I uploaded that little scene to that YouTube channel the JBug 1975 channel because I didn't really see it on YouTube anywhere and thought people might get a kick out of seeing it. And that was five years ago and the video is unlisted. There's no way you can even search for it, I don't think. But somehow there's been like 500 views on it and people have found it. I don't know what the science is behind that. Don't question the science. <laughs> so one day about a week ago, I got a comment on that video just out of the blue. And it's kind of weird because we talk about synchronicities here all the time. Weird little freaky coincidences and stuff like that. And this guy named Salazar had one of these freaky coincidences happen to him when he commented this on my video. You wouldn't happen to live in West Virginia. If you don't, I apologize. I know a Junebug that was born in 1975 and likes the exact same things you are subscribed to. So I wrote back and said, Holy smokes, that could be me. I'm in West Virginia, small world. So Salazar said, Well, how the heck have you been, my fellow lover of great music and UFOs? And then he said, I didn't know you liked Metallica as well. That's freaking awesome. It just makes your musically taste that much better. It makes it even stranger that I found your channel for a video that has only one other comment on it and six likes for doing a search on Torben Ulrich, LOL. So I wrote back and said, I'm doing good, just working my life away. I still can't figure out who you are though, LOL. LW, maybe? He's a guy that I've mentioned on the show before. He's in Tennessee. So... Salazar said, you wouldn't guess in a million years, so let's play 20 questions. I said, sounds fun. Tell Mothman hi for me Saturday. 
See, at this point, I was trying to rule out which one of my friends this was that was talking to me on here. And I thought for a minute it might be my friend Steve. Hey, Steve. I thought it might be him messing with me. And he's going to Point Pleasant Saturday. So I said, tell Mothman hi for me Saturday. And turns out it wasn't Steve. Because Salazar said, I'm not going to be in Point Pleasant, so I can't do that. So I said, will you be out in your studio instead? See, because there's this guy from the UFO page that has a recording studio. And I thought maybe it was him. So Salazar said, nope, neither art or music, if that was your question, or apartment for that matter, I will give you a great free clue. Don't pay attention to my username. I was still trying to rule it out and I said, are you going to be busy grading tests this weekend? Because I have a friend that used to work at the store who is a school teacher now. And <laughs> Salazar said, nope, not a teacher. So I said, dude, you've definitely got me stumped. He said, I'll start giving you some clues. I'm a little north of you. I thought it was somebody from the UFO page, Appalachian UFO Research Society. Maybe somebody on there. Or maybe somebody I went to school with. I don't know. So that raises the question, are you Salazar? I've got to get to the bottom of this. And I wouldn't even bring it up. It was just that it's really freaky because... Of all the people on YouTube, this guy found me, and he knows me. So that's some pretty good synchronicity, I think. Hey, you know what? We have some news this week. Here's my friend, Jimmy Haunted. This is what spectators were listening to at a Morbid Angel concert last week. If that wasn't scary enough, a fan was reportedly killed at Morbid Angel concert after a tornado rips roof off of the venue. The tornado struck the Apollo Theater in Belvedere, Illinois. Multiple injuries reported after a mass casualty collapse. One person has reportedly been killed and another 28 injured after a tornado ripped the roof off the Apollo Theater in Belvedere, Illinois. The venue was playing host to a concert by death metal pioneers Morbid Angel. The band, who are currently on their 40 Years of Acid tour, posted a message on Facebook urging fans still traveling to the show to change their plans. Tonight's show is canceled due to a tornado that hit the venue and caused the roof over the area in front of the stage and marquee to collapse. We ask anyone who is still traveling to the venue to please seek shelter and stay safe. Chicago News Channel WGN reports that a tornado warning was issued for Belvedere at 7.23 p.m. and that the first damage reports came in half an hour later. 260 fans were at the show with one person killed and 28 taken to the hospital. Of those, five were believed to be in critical condition. CBS News reports that the building was struck about 30 minutes into the concert, and that was the first call to emergency services warned of a mass casualty collapse. The support acts for Morbid Angel are also scary. Skeletal Remains, Revocation, and Crypta have all issued statements expressing their support for the victims. 
Thank you all for checking in with us, Rose Skeletal Remains. Everyone on the tour package is alive and injury-free. Our hearts go out to anyone in the crowd who was injured. Revocation posted, A tornado hit the venue tonight and the roof collapsed. ER crews are still attending to the injured and assessing the situation. Everyone in the bands and crew are safe. Our thoughts are there with everyone affected by this disaster. More details as they developed. Uh, Crypto reported that they were safe, but their RV had been destroyed. Music fan Teresa Best told WLS-TV that she was on her way to the show to meet friends who were already at the venue when the tornado struck. The metal community is so nice, and my heart just aches for anyone who did lose their life. I just hope all my friends are okay. The tornado is the latest in a series of extreme weather events to hit the south and midwest of the U.S. The states of Arkansas and Missouri have both declared states of emergency. And every time I hear a story like this, I, I got to go back to Twister with um, some of the worst, best quotes of any movie. And uh, here's a little scene from the movie Twister. Oh, that was a good size Twister. What was that, an F3? Solid F2. See, now you've lost me again. It's the Fujita scale. It measures the intensity of a tornado by how much it eats. Eats? Destroys. Little uh, encounter man back there is a strong F2, F3 maybe. Better see some F4s today. Four is good. Four will relocate your house fairly efficiently. <laughs> is there an F5? What would that be like? Thunder of God. None of you have ever seen an F5. Thanks, Jimmy. The story was sent in by our friend Paul, and it's kind of related to this week's topic. In a way, South Africa's snake on a plane, deadly cobra, in cockpit, forces emergency landing by Cecilia McCallie. Thanks, Cecilia, and thanks, Paul. It felt just like another flight for South African pilot Rudolph Erasmus until he noticed an extra passenger on his plane at 11,000 feet in the air. However, it wasn't a human but a cobra slithering under his seat. To be truly honest, it's as if my brain did not register what was going on, he told the BBC. It was a moment of awe, he added, saying he initially thought the cold feeling on his back was his water bottle. I felt this cool sensation sort of crawling up my shirt, he said, thinking he might not have closed the bottle properly and water might have been dripping down his shirt. As I turned to the left and looked down, I saw the cobra receding his head backward underneath the seat. He made an emergency landing on his flight from Bellefontaine to Pretoria, the private plane, a Beechcraft Baron 58, was carrying four passengers as well as the snake. A bite from a Cape Cobra is lethal and can kill someone in just 30 minutes. So not wanting to cause panic, Mr. Erasmus said he thought carefully before calmly telling those on board that there was an extra unwanted voyager. Pilots are trained for lots of scenarios, but certainly not for dealing with snakes in the cockpit, he said, telling the BBC that 
panicking would have just made the situation worse. The plane made an emergency landing in the city of Welcome. Mr. Erasmus has been hailed as a hero with South African Civil Aviation Commissioner Poppy Kosa praising his great airmanship indeed, which saved all lives on board, according to the News 24 site. And now, here is the Nicholas Cage Meltdown of the Week. JFK Tower, do you hear me? We're headed for the coast. Our fuel is at critical. I need a clear runway. Repeat, I need a clear runway. Listen to me. I have a plane full of people here. I have no spoilers, no flaps, no elevators. And if I run this thing dry, no reverse thrust. I need some room. Attention, In Dark Places listeners. Junebug and I are now on a plane. We're headed to South America. To Chile. Alright, we landed now. And uh, we're now in Chile's Atacama Desert, which is the driest place on Earth, making it a nearly inhabitable place for anyone. However, it's here in this vast region of heat and rock that you'll find La Noria, a mining town that was founded in 1826 for the export of saltpeter. The town flourished for over a century and at one point included a school, church, various local businesses, and nearly 3,000 people who had arrived to work in the mines. Over time, Lenoria's economy was impacted by growing competition from the other towns and a devastating fire that destroyed much of the town's infrastructure in 1901. But once synthetic saltpeter was invented in World War II, the town completely collapsed and was left abandoned in the blistering desert. Or at least that's what most people believe. Working conditions in the mines were extremely tough and often claimed the lives of men and children whose souls are said to still reside in the ghost town. Today, Lenoria Cemetery is a tourist attraction for being a sea of decrepit wooden, wooden crosses now withered away by the desert, sunned in wind, and tombs that creepily sit open. Visitors can see the bones of the deceased as they walk around the cemetery, leaving people to wonder whether it was the weather, grave robbers, or restless zombies that broke open the underground tombs. How come I've never heard of this before? People who live nearby have claimed to see dark figures and full-body apparitions roaming into the ghost town at night, leaving them to believe that the dead are not fully at rest. Other accounts claim screams, footsteps, and voices echoing through the desert. Junebug, 
Let's get on that plane, and, and we're going to get out of here. We're, we're out of here, guys. This is the Black Forest of Germany. Hey, I like me some Black Forest cake. This fir and pine-filled forest has spooked humans since the dawn of man, including the Romans, who named it Silva Nigra, or Black Forest. It is known for its spas, cuckoo clocks, and historic sites, including monasteries, ruins, and castles. Germans call this place the Schwarzwald and feature it in many fairy tales. One tale talks about Der Grossmann, a tall, horribly disfigured man with bulging eyes and many arms. Bad children who entered into the forest were made to confess their sins to him, and the worst children were never found again. In Digansmald, the goose girl, a princess on her way to meet a prince in a faraway kingdom is accompanied by her maid. But the maid has an agenda. She forces the young princess to trade places with her. And now the princess has a magical horse called Falada. The horse can talk, and out of the mouths of babes can come the truth. So when the two women arrive at their castle, the maid kills the horse and hires out the real princess to work as a goose girl. The real princess is not about to let the maid get away with her crimes. She hangs the head of her beloved horse in the city gate. This horrific act catches the attention of the king, and the goose girl is brought in for questioning. The princess finally gets a chance to tell her story. The king punishes the wicked maid by rolling her around in a spiked barrel until she dies. Who knows if the real princess ever met her prince. It's also said to be haunted by werewolves, witches, and the devil. And there's a headless horseman running around out in the woods as well. The Forbidden City, China. The beautiful sprawling Forbidden City in Beijing, made up of 980 buildings on 180 acres, is one of China's best-known landmarks. Many true ghost stories have also come from within these walls. From the 15th century through the early 20th century, the Chinese emperor lived there, but now it's rumored to be haunted by the ghosts of concubines in 1421. Emperor Yango ordered nearly 3,000 ladies-in-waiting associated with his harem, all of whom lived in the Forbidden City, to be slaughtered because he thought that a beloved concubine had been poisoned. He spared some of his favorites in the harem, but on the day of his funeral, 16 courtesans were hung with nooses of white silk. Today, in the Forbidden City, a lady with black hair has been seen running from a ghostly soldier. Sounds of screaming, weeping, and sword fighting have been heard. Inspectors of dead bodies Pools of blood and pieces of white silk have been glimpsed. The Forbidden City is a UNESCO World Heritage Site and is open to the public, although it closes before nightfall. A once and future hotel of mystery and rumor. 
the Posada del Sol on Niños Heroes in Colonia Doctores was planned during the mid 20th century by its Don Quixote-like creator Fernando Saldana Galvan. It was to be a great hotel, the Loho of Ornate Architectural Splendor, a refuge for artists and intellectuals. For some time, construction kept pace with Saldana's vision, but not the ongoing building permits required by local authorities, nor the application of sufficient grease for their cracked palms. Months turned into years and debts mounted. Destiny did not see fit to honor Saldana's blood, sweat, and tears with a finished project. He was forever tilting at windmills. His life's work, to quote Zora Neale Horston, was a ship forever on the horizon, never out of sight, never landing, until it was finally mocked to death by time. Saldana committed suicide hanging himself in front of a statue of St. Francis de Assisi protected by a wolf. Before doing so, however, he had an inscription carved into a stone located within the premises, a part of which reads, I recommend that the vain and the angry without merit be appraised, who tried to humiliate me, overloaded me with difficulties, or climbed over me to increase their own instantation and patrimony, while I have worked with no truce and no hope. In years following his death, the building became, by turns, a home to the Indigestia Americano El Consejo de Recurros Minerales and of General of Justice. But it also gained a nickname, the Bunker. Rumors abounded that the building was haunted, as well it might, by the restless ghost of its creator. Mannequins have been hung around the place in a macabre gesture of apparent mockery. In recent times, it has been used for the occasional TV series or a movie, such as a short film about a crow assuming human form called Sombras del Cielo by Victor Valaquez. Giorgio Hernandez was a spree killer. Spree killer differs from a serial killer in that he commits multiple murders short bursts and then stops rather than continue to slay victims over a long period. Ivory Liquid presents Dishwashing Talk. Well, what'd you think of your birthday dinner? I can't believe you cooked it. There's the proof. Spaghetti. <laughs> well, that's what that was. Here, I'll help you wash. Oh, well, hi there. Hello there yourself. <laughs> I like holding your hands. Oh, they're soft. That's where Ivory Liquid helps. Well, you'd never know they were 34 today. Well, I guess the Ivory Liquid has treated my hands pretty well all these years. I know. You know, they say it's the mildest of all leading brands, and that's important if you care about young-looking hands. Well, to prove I do, I've got one more surprise for you. You're going to cooking school? Happy birthday, honey. Oh, it's perfect. Just like my spaghetti. <laughs> Mild Ivory Liquid helps your hands look as young as you feel. Most ghost stories are about people, but this one involves a terrifying winged black beast in Taplau, where Flivington Village lies today. There used to be the Canadian Red Cross Memorial Hospital, which looked after soldiers. 
after they came back from the World War I trenches, where Cloudon Village lies today. The hospital is said to be haunted by many ghosts. Eyewitness accounts by musician Damon Torsten and his friend Owen Pellow stated that there's a haze that seems to exude an aura as you walk through the corridor. It's as though something or someone was telling you to get out. They go on to say that they saw a lamppost swaying and creaking even though there was no draft in the room. And there were other noises they could hear too. The uneasiest was worse, they said. Obviously, psychology pops its head up here. We would all feel uneasy in this setting, but some of the sightings and feelings were most difficult to explain. The two men decided to go back to investigate and they found documents concerning details of patients who had died in the hospital. Their batteries began to fail and they decided to leave, but as they walked down a strange side corridor, they were suddenly frightened out of their wits. A loud noise suddenly broke the silence and the bang became a really loud moan. The groaning became louder and got higher and higher until it became an insane screech. They saw something come rushing toward them. The guys just stood there, totally frozen, and both said afterward they could feel complete evil coming toward them, like millions of bat wings flapping. Suddenly they started running and got out of there as quickly as they could. Later the entity would be known as the Flincher. Let's take a little trip to Singapore to Lim Chu Kang Road, which is said to be haunted by lingering spirits because of the many cemeteries nearby. The story behind it is a brutal murder is said to have taken place back here in 2016. However, the body of the female victim was never found. Only clumps of hair, burnt fabric, and a burn mark have been discovered. It is said that the burn mark can still be seen today. Also, you wouldn't want to wait here alone at night. Lonely and eerily quiet, this road tends to be deserted on most nights. There have been multiple accounts of taxi drivers picking up spirits that appear as humans which vanish when they step out of the vehicle. Drivers have also claimed to have seen spirits lingering at the bus stop or crossing the roads. There's also a sinister atmosphere adding to the uneasiness you feel in the area. And that's called Lim Chu Kang Road. Thank you. Larnak Castle is often referred to as New Zealand's only castle. In fact, the 25-room Gothic building is a historic house also called a mock castle. It's located on the ridge of Taigo Peninsula near Dundin. Lonark Castle has a magnificent view. You can even see the Pacific Ocean from there. But this was never a happy place. Larnack Castle was built in 1871 by a man named William James Larnack. He was a merchant, baron, and politician. Larnack started his career as a banker in Melbourne. Followed the gold rush to Australia. He did really well and was noticed by his superiors. One day he went horse riding with one of his sons and discovered a spot on the ridge of Tago Peninsula. And this is where he wanted to build his dream home. 
Larnak wanted Larnak Castle to be a happy family home, but tragedy struck. His beloved daughter Kate died of illness in her 20s, and he lost his first wife, Elisa, at the age of 38. Their youngest daughter was just a baby. Larnak married his late wife's half-sister, but she too died at the age of 38. His third wife, Constance, was much younger when he married her. There were rumors that she cheated on Larnak with his son. But there were other problems. Larnak went into politics a few years earlier, but never really let go of his banking skills. In fact, he started speculating. When Larnak was accused of dishonorable dealings, he thought it was enough. He committed suicide in New Zealand's Parliament building in October 1898 by shooting himself in the head. The castle is haunted by several spirits. The current owners are aware of this too. Halloween parties and Victorian ghost story events take place every year. Even though the spirits aren't violent, they're not always amused with all the visitors invading their space. A couple got pushed apart while entering Constance's room. Her wedding dress is on display here as well as many of her Victorian toiletries. The room is also much colder than other rooms in the building and some think it's the spirit of Constance who still haunts her former room. Others think it's Eliza's spirit who's angry because another woman took her place. William himself is said to haunt his former dream home. A male figure has been seen around the castle. It makes sense it is him. Poor William's remains were disturbed in the family crypt in Dundon. The skull was even stolen as a trophy. In 1972, William Larnack's skull was found in a student's dorm. The student showed the skull complete with a hole in the head to his friends on many occasions. He wasn't prosecuted because he didn't vandalize the skull. And he wasn't the one to disturb Larnack's bones. Even though the skull was taken back to the crypt, it did upset Larnack's spirit. There is a lot of energy at Larnack Castle. Doors are opening and closing on their own. People feel as if they're being watched, and some guests feel as if they're being suffocated in one of the bedrooms. Here's another story from around the world. This one's called The Woodchester Mansion. The Woodchester Mansion is a Gothic and Victorian mansion in Woodchester Park in Nimsfield, England. It used to be known as Spring Park. During the middle of construction, the building was abandoned. This Gothic mansion is said to be the home of many ghosts. Although it appears complete from the outside, the floors, plaster, and rooms are missing on the inside. It has been like this since the 1870s. The haunted reputation of Woodchester Mansion has led it to be featured in several paranormal television programs. It was featured on TV's Most Haunted Live in 2003, and then again in 2005. It has also been featured on Ghost Hunters International and several more paranormal TV shows. Several sightings have been reported over the last 200 years. In 1902, a vicar was reportedly seen an apparition at the mansion's gates. A phantom horseman has also been seen on the mansion's drive. It is said that the mansion itself is the epicenter of all the haunted happenings in the area. There is a tall man of the chapel 
which has been seen many times, and the elemental in the house's cellar. See, I said cellar. The mansion is said to be the home of some of the scariest ghosts in the United Kingdom. Visitors have collapsed and have been attacked by the ghostly dwellers of the mansion. There is a floating head. Floating head. Gonna put it on you. That has been seen by many visitors in one of the bathrooms. There's also the specter of an old woman who likes to attack female visitors by grabbing them in the dark. It is said that the reason why the mansion is haunted is that if it stands on the site of the three previous buildings, which are also haunted, the mansion has its own chapel, and satanic rituals have been reported in the chapel. People have reported hearing a woman singing an Irish folk song in the scullery. The ghost of a young girl has been seen several times playing and running up and down the stairs of the mansion's first floor. If you want to see a majestic mansion and encounter ghostly dwellers that don't want to leave and especially don't like visitors, you should visit the Woodchester Mansion. The Castle of Good Hope is a star fort built in Cape Town, South Africa, in the 17th century by the Dutch East India Company. This castle is the oldest colonial building in South Africa, as well as the largest. While the fort mainly served as a port for trading, it still had many of the amenities of a military fort in the 17th century. The most feared of all the places in the fort is a cell locally called the Donker Gate, or the Dark Hole. It was a windowless dungeon used for torture. Lady Anne Bernard, a Scottish travel writer, said that floodwaters rose three feet a minute, drowning many of the inmates in the prison. Many ghosts are said to haunt the fort. An unidentified two-meter-tall figure was seen on the castle's battlefronts, both in 1915 and again in 1947. On the latter occasion, the figure was seen over several weeks and was reported to jump over the battlements and walk between the Lyrdam and Orange Bastions. This type of erratic behavior in spirits is believed to be indicative of unrest or disruption due to an event. Many visitors have reported a large black hound in the castle. It is said to leap toward you but vanish at the last moment. Footsteps and lights turning on and off are common. Near the guardroom, voices of an unseen man and woman are heard arguing. Only a shapeless figure seen when the voices were investigated. The most romantic haunt is that of Lady Anne Bernard. She resided at the castle in the late 18th century and acted as the colony's first lady. Lady Anne left a record of her life in Cape Colony in the form of letters and journals. Her ghost appears at parties of important visitors in the ballroom. Many paranormal investigators have reported seeing her in the dolphin pool where she bathed. However, many say that her five-year visit was too short for her ghost to remain after her death. A skeleton of a woman was unearthed near one of the fort's sally gates. The ghost of this mysterious skeleton is believed to be the mysterious lady in gray that haunts both the castle and the tiny hues. 
1947, the British royal family visited the castle where Princess Elizabeth celebrated her 21st birthday. The ghost of the Grey Lady was seen by many people, including Princess Margaret. More modern reports include that of Hilton Fredericks, who works the 2 to 4 a.m. guard shift at the castle. He says that many bizarre things do occur. One night a guard heard some screaming for help and voices coming from the dungeon and torture chamber. He claims that no one was there when he got there and his body became ice cold and the hairs on his arms stood up. Many guards refused to go past the Donker Gate when making the late night rounds and some don't want to use the alternative archway because of footsteps often heard on the cobblestones. Many will walk around the outside of the castle to get where they want to go. I've been editing this episode and putting it all together and getting ready to put out. And I got a text message saying that my cousin Bruce Fugit had died. He lived up in Columbus, Ohio. He found out he got pancreatic cancer back around Christmas and it spread fast and he's been having a tough time. So it took him out on Tuesday night, April 4th. His son texted me and told me that he died. His son is 17. He's got a daughter. I think she's like 13 or 14. Super sad. But Bruce had this story back around Halloween. He posted it on Facebook. And I think I'll read it. A story I wish to put into words. As long as I can remember, I've been haunted by a beautiful spirit. She's not scary. The only thing she ever says or tells me is that she loves me and wishes we were still together. She normally checks on me this time of year when the spirits are strong on this earth. I have visions that the love goes back to the 1500s, but I really have no way of knowing. The only thing I see in her presence is undying love and our love for what we were years ago. I have no clue why it ended or why she haunts me. Her presence tends to scare others. She haunts my house, it's over 90 years old, that I have had for 30 years now. There is also a child that I see from time to time. I could probably tag like 10 people that have seen or heard her or the child haunting my house. It doesn't frighten me. All I feel is unfulfilled love and lost happiness from her. I was concerned this year. Maybe it's the unseasonable high temperatures. She always comes to see me around Halloween. I'm actually kind of worried about my ghost. But as I type this, she touches my shoulder and tells me, I am here, my love, as she always will be. And I saw that he posted that and I was like, whoa, you got to come on the show and talk about that. Tell some stories about your ghost and stuff. That'd be great. And we never really got around to it. It's just one of those things where you just keep putting things off and it never did happen. And then he started getting sick around Christmas time. So we never did get to have Bruce on the show. And it's a shame because he had a great radio voice. This is a sound clip that he sent me about a year ago from the time that he had a callus on his foot that got infected. A resident cut off a callus on my big toe, like right on the ball of the toe. Um, and he cut it so deep that it was almost to the bone. 
and I had an open wound on my foot for like two years on my big toe. It wouldn't heal because of where it was. And then apparently like the infection, um, an infection got in it and then it spread to my foot. Um, and then it was eventually in my blood. I had to come home and I was on antibiotics for 30 days, like an IV line. Um, so I had an IV in my arm and had to give myself IVs at home because I went septic, I think they call it, and the infection was in my blood. But uh, it's looking a lot better now. I, I think I'm going to get to keep it at this point. But man, it was touch or go. Kind of scares me because I get calluses on my feet from work and I'm afraid that I'm going to have that same problem like he did. But Bruce was a funny guy. He would have been great on the show. He always had funny jokes to tell and stuff. One of his friends set up a GoFundMe thing so he could give one last wish whenever he was dying of pancreatic cancer. He wanted to take his kids to go see a Cleveland Cavaliers ball game. So she set up that GoFundMe for him and he never really got to go to the ball game because he got too sick. But in the comments of that GoFundMe thing that he had, he was thanking people and telling them that he would come back from the dead and give them hugs and massages and stuff like that. He was just a funny guy. So, keep his kids and his mom in your prayers. It's really sad. He's got a brother named Brian, and they never really got along and they fought all the time. And I'm glad they got to kind of make amends back around Thanksgiving. And that's about all the stories we have right now for haunts around the world. Thanks as always, Jimmy Haunted. Thanks, Salazar. Thanks, Paul. And thank you for listening. We'll be right back here again next week. God bless you.